0: Said to him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said, Where is he? Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Micah, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. And then King David said, sent and fetched him out of the house of Micah and the son of Amiel from Lodabar. I'm going to read this, just a portion of this next verse. Now when Mephibosheth, everyone say Mephibosheth. The son of Jonathan, the son of Saul was come into David. He fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he said, behold, Thy servant. I want to preach a message that's an old message today. And there is no doubt if you've lived in apostolic doctrine. If you've gone to Pentecostal churches. You have heard the message that I'm about to preach to you. But there's some things about this message you may not have known. And it's those things that I want to make known to you. And I believe the Lord wants to make known unto you. But I want to preach on this simple topic today. Stuck at Lodabar. Amen. Stuck at Lodabar. Could we pray for the word of God today? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We bless you. We magnify you, God. We thank you that we know, Lord, that you're in the house. We know today, God, that you're here to minister, God, to hurting and wounded people. You're here, Lord, to deliver, God, those that are stuck in a place called Lodabar. We ask you, Lord, touch, minister, heal, and bless In Jesus' mighty name we pray and the church said amen. Amen. You can be seated today. Praise the Lord. To fully understand the story of David and Mephibosheth, we first have to understand the story of David and Jonathan, his son. And, And Jonathan, Saul's son, I'm sorry. In 1 Samuel chapter 18 after Goliath was slain by David, scripture tells us that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. There there was a bond of friendship built between David and Jonathan. How many are aware of that? Amen. They, They became more than just battle buddies. They became more than just... Soldiers at arms. They became brethren. The Bible said then Jonathan and David made a covenant. Because he loved him as he loved his own soul. And Jonathan stopped or stripped himself of the robe. That's what the Bible says. That was upon him and he gave it to David and his garments. Even to his sword and his bow and to his girdle. Now. I want us to understand this in the story that Jonathan battled at one point when he and and King Saul held the only two swords in Israel. At one point, there were two swords in all of Israel, Jonathan and King Saul. Now, at this point, we don't know where exactly that is, but we do know this that Jonathan not only stripped himself of his his princely robe, because that's who he was, and his girdle and his sword, but he took those and he gave them to David as a token of a covenant between he and David. In other words, there was a, a very powerful bond of friendship that was built between Jonathan and David. Amen? David... David connected with him and Jonathan connected with David. And and then David was brought into the king's place. And the Bible said that David sat at the king's table with Jonathan. And, and David married Jonathan's sister. And, and David enjoyed the king's blessing. And David ate the king's meat. David was just brought into the family there and he and Jonathan... They meshed and molded themselves together. Amen. They were tied in the Lord and they were tied in camaraderie. Amen. And I I want us to see this today. Amen. That, That if we could, the bond of friendship, amen, that was built between two men that had a common enemy. And today I believe there's a powerful message in itself of that very same thing. Today, if we could understand, there's an enemy that wants to destroy every one of us. Amen. As a matter of fact, he goeth about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I want to say this today. Amen. You need your brother fighting in your corner for you. You need somebody that will fight the battle with you. You need somebody that's willing to pick up the sword. You need somebody that you can bond with. You need somebody that will protect you. You need somebody that will live for God with you. Amen. Amen. But because of the jealousy and envy and strife King Saul had for David, I need to come down in the house just a little bit, brother. He was driven out of the house of Saul. Church, I want to give us a word today. Sometimes God's plans for us are painful. Amen. We had this conversation Saturday. We were talking about this. uh, We have a tendency many times to say, because something is hard, it must not be the will of God. Because something is painful, it must not be the will of God. And sometimes we will, we, we will look at something that, that seems to be a roadblock and we'll say, well, God put a roadblock in the way and I couldn't go any further there's too much pain in this direction and I can't go any further and God must not have condoned this to happen I want you to see today that at this point in David's life when he was cast away from his his king's table David could have said you know this is just too hard I I don't believe that I want to fight this battle I, I think I'm just going to lay this thing down and quit back up and run away because I know though the calling of God is great and though I've been anointed king in Israel, amen, I don't want to have to fight this battle I don't want this struggle in my life let me tell the church this today, if you're living for God you're going to have a struggle in your life I said if you're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me give you a word today. Amen. You're going to fight a battle every day. Every day when you wake up, the enemy wants to destroy you. Every day when you wake up, the enemy wants to wreck you. Oh, but somebody needs to make up in their mind. uh, I'm going to live for God regardless. I'm going to press. I'm going to push. Amen. I've been called. I've got anointing in my life. Amen. God has called me into something greater than myself yeah. now I want us to hear today you want to know why a lot of people stole living for God because they are centerpiece Amen. Themselves, uh, They have put themselves as centerpiece of their own life. Let me tell you something. My calling is greater than I am. My purpose is greater than I am. Where God has positioned me is greater than I am. Uh, and I want you to know it may cause hurt. It may cause pain. Uh, it may be struggle. But I've got to press toward the mark. Hallelujah. Sometimes God's plan for you are painful. How about that? Oh, Pastor is just building us up today. Yeah, hey Amen. Let me explain something. Jeremiah, he tells he tells us of God's plan for Israel. He said, "For I know of the thoughts that I think toward you," saith the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end." Now, the key to this verse is the expected end. Amen, the expected end. God wants to bring you to the expected end. If you read Corinthians, Thessalonians, Ephesians, Colossians, you're going to find that in those, Paul, uh, let me say the word of God continually adjures the church to make it to heaven. As a matter of fact, that's the focal point of those uh, of those rich there, amen. In, in order that, that we could understand this, God was pushing the church to make it towards heaven, amen. And, and, and I know today that we, we go through things, I know today that we fight battles, I know today that we have struggles, but I want to tell us today I've got to make it, I've got to make it to heaven above anything else in this life. I've got to make it to heaven above anything else in this life. I want you to know you can be late to a lot of appointments. You can cancel a lot of appointments. You can cancel a doctor's appointment. You can cancel a dentist appointment. But you'll not stop the rapture. The rapture's coming and you better make the rapture. You better make it a point, amen, that you're going to make the rapture with everything you've got. And if you don't make sure that you're calling it election or sure, you will miss heaven. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes God's path for us is painful, and I know, amen, we'll say ooh and ah and oh and and oh me, but I I want the church to hear me today. Amen. He said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Amen. For the children of Israel to come to the promised land, he had to take them through Egypt not only did he take them through Egypt, it was prophesied to Abraham that I'm going to take them there. Before they ever, before Moses was ever born, God said, I'm going to bring you out of that place. I mean, he had to bring them into a place of pain and bring them into a place of suffering. I mean, this is not a a Western message. Uh, I want us to understand we live in abundance. We talk about our raises. We we talk about our tractors. Uh, We talk about our boats. We talk about all of the blessings of life. But let me tell you something. One day, that ain't going to be worth nothing. And heaven itself is the only thing uh, that's going to matter. God will bring you to a place of pain sometimes. Amen. In order to save you. For Judah to come back to Jerusalem, here spoken of in Jeremiah, he had to take them through Babylon. As a matter of fact, we know this, that Jeremiah was prophesying of these things. Amen. Sometimes it's through the process of pain that he is perfecting you. Sometimes it's in the process of hurt that he's making you. And you can say, oh, I, I don't know why he's doing this. Well, let me tell us today. Sometimes you need to open up your mind and you need to hear from God. Amen. I believe today that we'll miss the mark many times in our life. Amen. On our way to looking for blessing. Amen. On our way to our our padded pew in the church. On the way to the air conditioned house of God. On the way. Amen. uh, To the fellowship of the brethren. Amen. And we'll think sometimes. Amen. Because I go through things in my life and I go through struggles in my life. God doesn't love me anymore. Amen. Let me tell you this. God does love you. Amen. God does love you. God does love you. As a matter of fact he loves you enough. Amen. That he Amen. he came in the flesh he was robed in the flesh he was beaten and bruised for you he died on Mount Calvary for you he bled and suffered that you could live in abundance and let me tell the church he said you pick up your cross and follow me amen many times we will sing oh whoa pitiful me I got a word for somebody today Amen. We, uh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows how bad God's been to me. <laughs> nobody knows. Amen. How do I know that? Can't lift my hands and worship and pray. Because I've been beat up and I've been bruised and I've been wounded and I've been hurt. Amen. Let me give you a message today from the Lord, straight from the Lord. Amen. God has delivered you. God has set you free. He came that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And this little bit that you're going through, let me tell you, if you can't run with a footman, what are you going to do when the chariots get here? If you can't get over the trouble you're in now, what are you going to do when hell throws everything it's got at you? I hear more singing that old poor pitiful me kind of song. Amen. Let me tell you something. God didn't call you into that garbage. I'm going to preach today. Amen. Sometimes it's through the process of pain that he's perfecting you. Because let me tell you this. When this thing is all over, he don't care if you got a dollar bill in your pocket. I want you to hear me today. Amen. That doesn't matter to the Lord. And you can say, oh, yeah, we know what the word says. And tithing and offering. Let me tell you, if you don't tithe, don't ask God for a blessing. Right. Right. Amen. Right. amen. Right. But we'll, we'll think the blessings of God, amen, relies uh, 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 upon um, things that we can touch. <coughs> And things that we can feel, and things. And let me tell you something. I thank God I'm driving a truck. I thank God I got a beautiful house. I thank God that I've got clothes in my closet. I thank God, amen, that I know that He put food in my cupboard. I thank God that I know that I paid an electric bill by the grace of God. Amen. I thank God for all of those things. But let me tell you something. There are people somewhere in this world that ain't got a dollar in their pocket and they're on the back side of a desert somewhere and they're just as blessed as you are because they got salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Too many times you want to gauge your salvation by your wallet. I got news for you. You are poor as Joel. If you think your blessing is all about your pocketbook. Because I want you to know God can yank your pocketbook from you in a heartbeat. As a matter of fact, let me, let me give you a word today. Amen. It might be before the rapture. And it might be immediately after. But I want you to know there's coming a day that everybody will go to the bank. And there'll be no money in the bank. You bank it. You put it up. You store it up. Amen. You count yourself blessed. But one of these days you're going to go to the bank and you're going to find the economy's crash. The dollar bill is gone. And God is going to ask you on that day, what have you got? Sometimes it's through the process of pain that he's perfecting us and it's uncomfortable. Amen. Let's look at the painful moments in our life. Amen. Today, if you could flash them across your eyes today. And you could examine them. And I'm going to tell you, get your eyes off everybody else today. You put them on your own self. I want you to know today that in your most painful hours, that's when you pray the hardest. In the hardships of your life, when somebody's slandering you and somebody's talking about you and somebody's ripping you apart, amen, behind the door, let me tell you something. It's then that you'll find yourself saying this, oh, deliver me, oh, God. Oh, put up a wall, oh, God. I want you to know today, God knows, and I'm here to tell you today that it's in the process of pain and in the process of hardship that you get close with God. We'll take marriages for granted until they become troubled. And then we pray, oh God, help us out. I want want us to hear today. Amen. We'll take things for our life, in our life for granted. But when those things are threatened to be pulled away, let me tell you, then we become desperate for the blessings of God. Amen. I, I, I want to tell us today that if we're not careful, amen, we'll miss the purpose of the pain. Amen. Well, oh, oh, the devil's fighting me. Well, let me tell you something. Who do you think is allowing him to fight you? Think about it. Nobody ever likes to think about that. Who pulled the hedge down for Job? As a matter of fact, Amen. it was God that said this. Have you considered my servant Job? Maybe he's checking you out to see if you measure up to Job. You would say, well, no, he wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't he? Do you have the righteousness of Job? I mean, we talk about the patience of Job, but do you have the righteousness of Job? Because in his trial, he was perfect. In his trial, he never falsely accused God. In his trial, he never quit. Amen. I he, 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 he never quit working for the kingdom, doing and giving to the right, kingdom. Amen. Right. I he did. Amen. I everything he did as he always did. Job just kept on living for God. And I want to tell you today that we're living in a day Amen. When people go through things, amen, they'll walk in the house of God, hanging their head down. Amen. Struggling, living for God. Let me tell you, it's during those times your shout needs to be the loudest. It's during those times your run ought to be the fastest. It's during those times your leaping ought to be the highest. I'm here to tell you, some of you need to encourage yourself in the Lord and say, I'm going to live for God anyways. Uh, I'm going to push for God anyways. Uh, I'm going to worship for God anyways. Uh, I'm going to live for God, oh, some of you might not like this, uh, but I'm preaching the word of God. Do I you got to live for Him like there's no tomorrow? Yeah. I don't like pain. I don't know about you, I don't like pain. Amen. My daddy cut a switch, or I cut the switch usually. I, I grew up in a different generation, we cut our own switches in those days. I didn't like the switch. Mama, I didn't like the switch. But I want you to know that I thank you and dad for every whipping I ever got in my life. Because I know today that I would not be right here if, if a heavenly father and a godly father had not corrected me and fixed me, I'm going to tell you today, some of us need God to get a hold of us and work us over and quit wondering why it is that you're going through what you're going through. Because God is trying to speak to you and you need to listen to him like he's E.F. Hutton. Some of you may know who he is. He used to be an investor. Sometimes it's through the process of pain that he is perfecting you. If, you. if you were to take a look at the painful moments of our life most times, it's at these very moments that we're crying out to God and we're saying, Lord, I, I need you. God, I, I need you to move. I need you to touch. I need you to minister. Amen. And, and, and we're all guilty of it, aren't we? Every one of us. Come on. Y'all help me preach. Amen. Job said it like this. He said, even today, my complaint is bitter. My my stroke is heavier than my groaning. In other words, it's heavier than I can carry. He said, oh, that I might know where I might find him. Amen. At the time that Job needed God the most, amen, it seemed that God would not hear his prayer. Amen. At the time that Job was going through something in his life, Amen, I, I want you to know that God, amen, I God was trying him. Amen, I he said, oh, that I might know where I might find him, that I might come to his seat and, and, and I would order my cause before him and I would fill my mouth with arguments and other words. Amen, I I've been through troubles. I've been through trials. Amen, I I've been living for God. I hadn't done anything to deserve this. I shouldn't be going through this thing. And if I could get to God right now, I would lodge my complaint before the Lord. And I would say, God, this ain't fair. God, this is wrong. God, I don't know why I'm going through this. Let me tell you something. Job went on to say this the left hand where he doth work I cannot behold him he hideth himself on the right that I cannot see him he said but he knoweth the way that I take and when he hath tried me hallelujah when he hath tried me you want to know what you're going through a trial in your life right now when he hath tried me When he had tried, that's what the Bible says, when he had tried me. A man that was living perfectly and upright is what the Bible said in his day. Amen. He was being tried by the Lord. And let me tell you something. God knew. Amen. God understood. He was going to come forth, didn't he? He's an all-knowing, all-seeing God. But when he got done with the test, Job knew he was Some of you are, oh, can I make it through that? God puts you in the test that you could understand in the end. You're going to pass the test. I believe. Hallelujah. Let's listen to the Word of God. He said, He said, When I'm tried, He said, I'm going to come forth as gold. He said, It's not fair that I'm going through what I'm going through, the struggle that I'm going through, the trial. First Peter says this, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be, it be tried with fire. Amen. Let me tell us this today. Amen. God tries the reins of men. Amen. So that you may see. Amen. Where God stands in your life. Amen. The trials of your life are much more precious than gold. You may lodge your complaint before the Lord. Amen. You may you may holler, kick and scream to the whole process. Amen. Or you can pray through one or the other. When we were young there was four boys and a girl. There she sits. and She never did no wrong. At least she thinks that way and mom thinks that way. Today I'm not picking on my sister. I love her. Let me tell us today, us boys, there was three older boys. And uh, when we went through something that was usually a rule, and it was this: There was a lot of times they couldn't figure out who did it. Everybody. Everybody got it. <laughs> I would beg Paul, please, own up to it, please, please. We would all point fingers at each other. We would point, that one did it, this one did it, that one did it. Dad would say, I got you. He would say, go cut me three switches. Not one for three kids. Three switches, one for each kid. That was a good day. We said yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, in those days. When we got punished for our wrongdoing, and I'm a firm believer in that. Right. Amen, Mr. Internet. Hope you get that. <laughs> we would all respond differently. Right. Every one of us would. Kevin was always a tough guy. Brother Danny, Kevin, Brother Kevin was, he was tough as nails. Dad would wear him out and he would hardly ever say a word. I cried like a baby when oh. Dad got hurt me. And my younger brother prayed through every time Dad got a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't he, Mom? Dad would get him by the arm. He would take off with that switch, chasing him around the room. And you could hear Paul a mile away. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, oh God, Jesus. Oh God save me, Jesus, Jesus. You want to know why some of you are going through some things? Because we all respond differently. Some of us ain't got to go through some of the trials that some of you are going through. But God is hoping in the process that you'll pray through. He's hoping in the process that you'll say, Jesus, 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 I need you to touch me. I need you to heal me. I need you to bless me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to loose me. God was hallelujah oh I'm going to run out of time after David was driven from Saul's house amen David went through it and Jonathan and David renewed their covenant with Jonathan he had stripped himself of his princely robe his girdle his sword given them to David and now he makes David swear to him how many know that a covenant is a two part promise Amen. amen does everyone understand that it's a two part promise Amen. So we know that Jonathan gave his part. He took off his robe. Jonathan understood that he was standing before the next anointed king. Jonathan, it was his by birthright. But Jonathan knew that David was the man. So Jonathan took David. He stripped off his princely robe. He handed him a sword. He gave him what he had. And he said, now, I need to talk to you for a minute. Jonathan, in his spiritual state, he said, This. He said, Thou shalt, while yet I live, show me kindness of the Lord. He said, That I die not. He said, You're going to promise me today. He said, That when you come in power, you're going to spare me. But he didn't stop there. He said, But also, thou shalt not cut off thy kindness. For my house forever. In other words, he was saying this. He said, You'll be merciful on my kids. Right. Oh, that's a whole new picture, isn't it? Yes. He said, I'm gonna give you this, but you be merciful to my family, right. and you be merciful to my children. Let me tell us today. Hey, Amen. We need to understand the promise of the covenant that was made. Amen. Now, in 2 Samuel, we find David has been made over, king over all of Israel. David's enemies are subdued. David brings the ark to Jerusalem. David is proclaimed king throughout the land. And now David, being the godly king that he was, he said this. Is there any left of the house of Saul that I can show, show kindness For Jonathan's sake. Let me tell you something. A good king remembers his promises. Now, let me tell the church this. All of the promises in him are yea and amen. We will go around sometimes afraid, amen, for our dear life, wondering is God gonna keep his promise to us? I got news for you today. A good king will keep his promise. David recognized. He said, I've got to fulfill an oath that I made. And he said, I promised that I would take care of Jonathan and his family. And I want us to understand. David uh, goes on, or if he hasn't already to hang, I believe 13 sons of Saul. It's a bloody battle between the household of Saul and the household of David. It's a bloody war. It's a civil war in Israel that goes on for a a period of months and years. And David knew that there was some kings to be that had to die if he was ever going to have peace in Israel. But now we find that all of those are subdued. And David says, I made a promise to one man. And he said, I got to fulfill that promise that I made. Amen. And the Bible said there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And Ziba, Ziba, Jonathan hath made yet a son who is lame on his feet. And he is in the house of Micah and he is in Lodabar. Everyone say Lodabar. Lodabar. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan. And there is a deep story to this and I'm not gonna be able to get to a lot of it, but I want the church to hear me today because this is so powerful. Jonathan. Mephibosheth was a son of Jonathan, which would have made him a prince at one time. As a matter of fact, we know that Jonathan was in line for the kingship. So we know now that Mephibosheth, if things had proceeded normally, Mephibosheth would have been a king. But now we find that the whole world has been disrupted. A civil war has happened. Amen. And there was a world of good things that should have befell Mephibosheth. Amen. And it didn't happen. But when Saul and Jonathan were killed in a battle. Hear me. And tidings came out of Jezreel. The Bible said that Mephibosheth's nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. (coughs) When the kingship swapped, when Saul was killed and Jonathan was, was killed, the tidings of the battle... Amen. that happened everything in Jezreel, all of the family got word. Because in those days, if an army was defeated, the opposing army swept through the land at the weakest moment, and they would wipe out every bit of royal seed that existed throughout the land. That's a truth. So, Jonathan's nurse to Mephibosheth realized the predicament they were in. And the Bible said that she made haste to leave. And in the process, Mephibosheth fell. If you will look into commentary, you will find that most believe that Mephibosheth was dropped by his nurse in the process. That she literally scooped him up to run. And in the process of saving his life. His legs were broken. Let me tell us today God sometimes allows some extreme things to happen to us that we could be saved. That's a truth. That's a truth. And sometimes the things that we go through and the pain we go through and the hurt that we go through are all meant to save us by the hand of God. And I could tell you the rest of the story. And I will in a moment. But I want you to know that a man with broke legs was no threat to a king. So David knew that Mephibosheth was no threat. If he would have brought the son of Jonathan and showed him kindness in his house. What could have disrupted the kingdom? I said that to say this. That whether Mephibosheth fell or Mephibosheth was dropped, Mephibosheth was hurt. Now let me ask you today, how many have been dropped? If I were to ask you today, by a show of hands, and I won't do it. And say, how many in here believe at one point they were dropped in their life? At one point, how many believe you were hurt in your life? At what point, uh, if I were to ask, would we say, you know, uh, was I, uh, I wounded in in, in my life? I, and I went through something in my life. I believe today that we could look in this house and every one of us could raise our hands. There's not a single person in this place that wouldn't, wouldn't raise our hands. But what we don't understand, amen, is whether we wiggled out of the hands of the nurse or whether we fell on our own, amen, God has a plan. In our life. And when God institutes a plan, God's plan will come to pass regardless of what the devil tries to do. Let me tell you something God has plans for every one of our lives. And the only one that can spoil that plan is not the devil. It's not your brother. It's not your neighbor. The only one that can wreck God's plan is you. That's it. Amen. Now, if we're not careful, we'll try to wreck somebody else's plan. But God's plan in your life cannot be disrupted by no one but you. So if you say it's not going the way that I thought it should go, let me tell you it might be that God has you on the operating table and he's trying to speak to you and he's trying to point you and he's trying to direct you to get you from Ziklag to Jerusalem. I hope you're hearing me. Mephibosheth was dropped by his nurse. He was scarred, he was damaged, he was wounded even, even possibly by the one that should have had more protective hand in his life than anybody else. Amen. I we need to see something today. Amen. I though Mephibosheth was wounded in Lodabar, Lodabar means this: it's cut off. No word. No communication. No pastor. Amen. Pasture. A place of absolute poverty. The man that was to be king of Israel. Was now with two broken legs. Sitting in Lodabar. Damaged. Wounded. Having lost everything. Watching a king reign from Jerusalem. You can say, what does that have to me? Because I believe today that there are many that believe that God's plan in their life has been thwarted by an enemy that wants to wreck you and destroy you and hurt you and wound you and I want you to know today that was never the intention of God and then God's intention is to save you until the very end and in the process of pain he's saving you in the process of fixing you he's helping you in the process of comforting you he's ministering to you and you got to know that if you let God finish His business when He's done, you're going to be better in the end than you were in the beginning. I I, I've told this story of my daughter that fell with a broken arm. Ran to her father. Amen. Jumped on the couch and covered her arm. And I looked. we, We received a call from pastor's wife and he, she said I think, I think Ashley broke her arm and I said okay we hung up with her and Ashley was just sitting on the couch just white as a ghost and uh, I uh, I said baby let me see your arm she was seven or eight she said no no she, she just content holding it she knew it was broke she knew I want us to see today she, she knew how badly brother Eli she was hurt and she knew where to run Everybody knows where to run. Don't always go to daddy, you know? Amen. I mean, mama can fix a lot of things, but there's some things only daddy can fix. That's the truth. I mean, if not, he wouldn't have made daddies. So we, we have now that she, she come running, and I said, let me see it. She said, no, I don't want you to see it. She said, you'll hurt it. Well, I couldn't fix it, and I couldn't get her to help if I didn't see it. I want us to understand today that a lot of times with the hurts in our life, we know right where to run, but we don't want him to touch it. We don't want him to touch it. Why? Because it hurts when daddy touches it. Well, let me tell us today. Mama's job is to blow on it. Daddy's job is to put alcohol on it. today if we can understand God wants to fix some of the broken parts in us but until you put it in his hands he can't fix it I hear people say I'm going to fix myself brother Lee touched on this the other day I'm going to fix some things before I come to the Lord no you won't you can't fix nothing on your own amen you got to let God fix those things in you amen let him get his hands on it. Let him mend it. Let him help you because, because if he can't, you'll be like you are the rest of your life. Hurt, wounded, maimed. Amen. Let me tell us today. Amen. Some of us are dealing with issues. Every one of us are, as a matter of fact. Dealing with issues of hurt and pain and wounds in our life. Let me tell you something. Till you put them in the hands of God, you'll never get them fixed. Never. Never. I couldn't help but think of this as I was finishing this message up today. I'm fixing to finish. Musicians can come. I was thinking of this message, Brother Danny, and I remembered a time at the lighthouse when you attended and Sister, sister Kim was hit by a truck was Sister Kim wasn't it Brother Danny how many days was she in the hospital she was in the hospital a lot of days I thought I've heard that story from him several times and I thought why in the world would God allow a little girl to get ran over by a truck but when it was over there was a man that walked in that room that prayed for her in the middle of the night that was never seen from again and the next day she woke up out of a coma now let me tell you this was it the will of God that something like that happened it was the permissive will of God it happened and God could have stopped it but brother Danny when it was all over We knew him in a greater power, in a greater authority. You know, Brother Johnny was in the hospital not long ago fighting for his life. Dr. Stanfield, I give that man honor from this pulpit. One of the greatest surgeons in this city that worked. From the wee hours of morning until evening into an eight or nine hour surgery, Brother Johnny. And all of the pain that was inflicted, all of the hurt, Brother Johnny, that was put upon your body, every bit of it, was done to heal you. It's done to heal you. I'm going to tell us today you're either his or you're not. That's just the matter of it. You're either his or you're not. And know this, that he's the potter. We're the clay. Now Sometimes he works mighty hard to make me into what I need to be. And I find him so much, for the more. And the clay is marred in his hand, not because of the hand of the potter, but because of the stubbornness of the clay. But when God gets done, it's going to be a masterpiece. It's going to be a masterpiece. Stand with me.